Hey everyone, welcome to episode 21 of the Defend Your Ground podcast. This is Ben with Blue Ribbon Coalition. I'm here with Simone, our policy director, and today we're going to talk about the Center for Environmental Qualities, new guidance on what they call their greenhouse gas rule. Uh, we have an action alert out about this. This is a new development coming out of the Biden administration that will impact a lot of the work that we do here at BRC and kind of a broad range of just about everything related to federal projects and federal money, how it gets spent. Uh, so Madden, why don't you go ahead and start off, give everybody a good background on what we're looking at here with this greenhouse gas rule. Yeah, so the rule is to update NEPA requirements, and NEPA is the National Environmental Policy Act, and it's basically the requirements that these federal agencies have to follow when they are looking to implement um, any new project or when they're going through planning processes for um, like new management plans for a national forest, a national monument. Um, we see different management plans, travel management plans, and, and they have to go through what's called NEPA. And it's basically they have to analyze alternatives. They have to get public feedback throughout each step of this analysis. And they have to look at how the proposed projects and the management plans are going to affect resources and affect the environment. And so this new proposed rule is going to require them as they are implementing NEPA and gathering public comment to analyze the project's greenhouse gas emissions and basically predict the future on how it's going to affect um, greenhouse gas and on public lands and waters and anything managed by these federal agencies. Yeah, and so that so that's just about everything that when you guys see us asking you to make a public comment on something, especially if it's a federal issue, um, we're basically asking you to help us participate in this NEPA process. And so if you didn't know what NEPA is, you've probably already been part of it when if you've followed our work and made comments yourself. And when they, when we do NEPA, right, Simone, I mean, like, well, let's say we're doing a travel plan in Arizona somewhere. I mean, they will have us analyze a wide range of things. Like we have to analyze whatever the impact will be to the soils, to the air. Visual the resources, species, wildlife and habitat, lots of things already. Yeah, so we're already analyzing a lot of different environmental impacts. And air quality is actually one of the things that NEPA is already uh, designed to analyze. And they're just really adding a whole bunch to that now saying that you have to analyze the greenhouse gas emission impact of any sort of project or um, how, if it involves federal money being spent or this federal planning efforts that go through laws like NEPA, you have to analyze greenhouse gas emissions. And so this is introduced by the Biden administration. Uh, it's not the first time we've seen this. The Obama administration introduced a version of this uh, back during the Obama years. I don't remember the exact year. I think 2010 and, was when it was first introduced. Yeah. And then the Trump administration, they started a process to really reinvent or redefine how NEPA was supposed to work. And they went through that process for almost the whole four years of the Trump administration. And then the Biden administration is now trying to undo everything Trump did. And so this is one of those rules that they've been trying to define for 12, 13 years now, and they haven't been able to settle in on specific definitions and actually implement it. So despite the fact it's been operating 
in some shape or form, or they've been talking about it for 12 or 13 years. This time around, they issued it with emergency guidance. Like it's, it is in effect now from the day they issued it. They are still accepting public comment on this and what the public thinks about this proposed guidance of how they're going to start doing these NEPA analyses now. Um, but the comments are just to kind of help them steer the ship a little better than the, the, but they've already decided to head this direction, which means it'll probably be subject to court challenges. We'll have to see what this, how this affects things. Um, so we have an action alert ready. We do want the public to comment on this. I do have concerns, uh, myself that this is outside of congressional authority. Um, whenever Congress gives agencies, the authority to do something like NEPA, they are pretty prescriptive, like the reasons they're analyzing things like soil and habitat and vegetation and view shed and all of these things is because that's kind of spelled out in the law. Um, this greenhouse gas regulation is kind of an expansive reading of something that's uh, there, but it, it's, it remains to be seen whether this is a broad reading of an authority they have or something they do have authority to do. And so I think you'll see a lot of people comment on this. Because it affects a lot of different industries, a lot of different users. Um, I did go through the comments that have already been submitted. And I mean, they're all in support of the proposed rule. So we do need people to comment. No, I fully expect that. And there will probably be some industries that oppose it. I mean, I was reading an article the other day that they just appropriated billions and billions of dollars to to onshore the semiconductor industry back to the United States of America, where it's been mostly operating in China now is where we get most of our microchips and silicon chips. And so Congress went and appropriated tens of billions of dollars. And this is like an extraordinary amount of money to basically say, we're going to rebuild this industry here now. And now that the chip manufacturing companies are looking at this money and the funding requirements and everything, they're like, yeah, we're excited about this free government money that's out there, but we don't see how we're going to get any chips built in the next 10 years if this NEPA requirements are in play. And so they're asking for exemptions to NEPA to be able to build all these new chip manufacturing plants because there's no way we'll start building microchips in this country with the current regulatory environment around environmental protection. So if we want to rely on China and offshore our pollution that comes from producing manufacturing or manufacturing silicon chips, um, that was a decision we had been make. We'd made that decision for the last 20 years. We've been doing that. And now we're deciding we don't want to do that anymore. Well, now that's coming home. And the reality is you really can't build microchip processing facilities in the United States of America in 2023, unless you're willing to go through seven to 10 years of environmental study and impact delays. Probably litigation. Oh, and, and that's being, that's if everything goes smooth. Yeah. And so we're not going to build chips here. There's chip shortages now. Like we've all our manufacturers of, of all kinds of things from trucks to cars, to off-road vehicles, every snowmobiles, like everybody's been dealing with chip shortages for since COVID. And this was our, we recognized a vulnerability there and now we're trying to fix that problem and 
and we won't. We just won't. We'll have this. We'll sit there and look at this twenty billion, fifty billion dollars to spend on manufacturing facilities, and if they don't get this exemption to NEPA, especially with new restrictions like this, it's just not going to happen. And and that's just the easiest problem to solve on bringing those industries here. So I expect we'll see a lot of industry get involved in this because we just can't have a functional economy if we're regulating everything and that to this level. And that gets to something we put in our action alert, Simone. I mean, they talk a lot about that we have to calculate the greenhouse gas emissions. And then from those calculations, using a bunch of tools that they provide, but I don't know that, where well, those come their from. Third, Third parties develop them, so we don't know about the integrity of these tools. And so these are the models we're using to determine greenhouse gas emissions. And everybody who's looked at modeling in this space knows the modeling's just really about as good as the integrity of the person that built it. And and then from that data, you're supposed to extrapolate the social cost. Like how much money is this going to cost our society to let this project go forward with greenhouse gas? But uh, well, there's a point we raised, Simone, in our action alert, and why don't you talk about that, of the social costs versus the social benefits. Like, Yeah, really I mean, they provide goal. all of these tools for you to, for the public too, to use to, and the agencies to analyze what is the cost of this? How much is it really going to affect our, the public? But they don't provide tools to show the economic benefits and to predict that because lots of times the economic benefits of, if we're just talking about recreation, for example, on public land, okay, we can try to predict the greenhouse gas emissions from jeeping in a specific area, but they're also not looking at the benefits of allowing jeeping in that area. Um what like economic benefits, I mean, how much money is that bringing in? Also just, you know, the mental health benefits of being out on in nature and, and doing something enjoyable with family and friends. I mean, there's no way to analyze that. And I would argue that the benefits are going to offset the costs and lots of times be even greater than the costs, the social costs. And so it just seems very one-sided that they're not providing tools on both of it on on both ends. Yeah. So to be clear, they do have to analyze economic benefits. That tends to always be the weakest part of any NEPA analysis. From all the ones I've looked at, they almost gloss it over, and that's because they don't have the tools out there for the public to do it, for the agencies to do it. When I have seen them do economic modeling, again, it's been very inadequate. Seems to be they're just checking off a box. And so it's not that they won't analyze that, but they're leading the public to have to produce all of that and come forward with it yeah. while they're spoon feeding data to the public saying, if you use our modeling tools, that is how you can determine greenhouse gas emissions. Well, and you'll see with the CEQ, they give you a whole list of tools it's, you know, and you can click on any one of them and, you know, start your analysis and your predictions And where's that list for the economic benefits? It doesn't exist. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. So so this is starting to get into territory where because of the tools that they're privileging through this process, they're pre-baking the determined outcomes of NEPA. And that's where this will probably turn into litigation exposure for any agency that's implementing these NEPA guidelines uh, because you can't pre-bake the outcome of a NEPA process. But the fact that they're recommending and basically requiring everybody to use these tools to submit the information they're getting into that territory where and it's they'd say you can come with your own data too but this is just 
how you can get started. And it's like, they're really tilting the scales is the end of the day. And so that's one of the first issues we see with this. The other one I talked about was congressional authorization. I just think they're overreaching here. We've seen the Supreme Court be willing to rein in administrative overreach when agencies think they can enact these broad sweeping rules and regulations and changes in definitions. Uh, We do have a Supreme Court that does tend to see paths for rolling that back. Whether that would happen in this case really depends on the individual technicalities of a specific case, which is always the case. But it doesn't mean that there aren't concerns and that they're they are expanding their reach. Anytime I see three different administrations come up with three different variations of a rule, my alarm bells start going off that this they're way outside the bounds of what Congress has authorized them to do. They're just making it up as they go. If if they're and and it was widely divergent between what Obama even even between Obama and Biden, it's very different. And so if if three administrations can't come up with pretty close to the same ballpark of how they want this to work they're just winging it they don't have any statutory authorization or basis for this and so we'll see i mean that was well those are things for courts to decide and the reason why we're getting involved is we're always looking to see if there's a litigation opportunity with things like these um finally though i mean we talked a little bit about how this would impact something like a semiconductor industry our concern though is the recreation I mean, when we're doing NEPA BRC, we're always looking at how it'll impact access to outdoor recreation, especially on public federal lands. So we did over 300 NEPA processes in the last year and a half. And this is everything from wildfire mitigation projects, which just will impact those, like wildfires emit greenhouse gases and and prescribed fires emit them. Like you'll have all these different things that they have to look at now where if you thought having Endangered Species Act habitat restrictions was preventing effective forest management wait till they have to fight back and forth with the environmental groups over whether a prescribed burn burn helps or not a burning forest is better than a non-burning forest (laughs) like it'll never end and no project will ever move forward yeah i mean eventually nature will take care of it all and turn all of our forests that are currently sequestered carbon tree trunks into ashes into the air i mean that that'll happen because of this um but it not without a lot of wasted time and effort on lawyers. Um, wasted time, effort, and lots of wasted money. <laughs> yeah, well, and money, of course. Um, and so we look at outdoor recreation, and we at Blue Ribbon Coalition often fights for motorized outdoor recreation, most of which is all happening with internal or ex- internal combustion engines at this point. We've seen California really try to outlaw every iteration of the internal combustion engine within the next 10 to 20 years. It's already starting to impact things like dirt bikes and generators and um, lawnmowers and things like that. And this is probably a national expansion of what California has been an incubator for and a, a state that's kind of innovating these policies of how to get rid of internal combustion engines. And it's definitely created problems with the outdoor recreation access in California. Um, there's still a, and so to start seeing some of those potentially play out on a national level, it's something we're going to have to start addressing. Like, and so the, we'll probably start seeing these Simone, I mean, you were in a 
an objection resolution meeting this week in Arizona for the Tonto National Forest. And you said, was it who? Or tell us what was going on in this meeting. Yeah, so, I mean, there were lots of people on this meeting, but the Sierra Club, they were one of the main objectors to the forest plan on the Tonto. And they they kept referring in almost every aspect of the objection, whether we were talking about uh, wilderness areas or recreation, um, economic benefits and impacts. I mean, they, they kept referring to these greenhouse gas emissions and analyzing that. And so I believe they were referring to this without specifically referring to it. So we're already starting to see people use this you broke up so right before you said they kept referring to like um wilderness so let's back up this question again and i'll just say so simone simone you were recently on a a plan or on an objection resolution meeting with the tonto national forest and uh it looks like this stuff's already starting to come up why don't you tell us about what you learned in that meeting yeah and and just to be clear the objection resolution i mean those meetings, that's the very end of the NEPA process. So we've already gone through all of NEPA, and this is like the final, final straw. And the Sierra Club was one of the main objectors on that meeting. And in every aspect that we were discussing, whether it was wilderness or recreation, uh, they kept referring to greenhouse gas emissions. And so without referring to this proposed rule specifically i do think they're already starting to use that and trying to get agencies to analyze greenhouse gas emissions and predict that to influence decisions on national forests and and other management plans that we're seeing come through yeah so i expect we'll see a lot more of that and as a community we'll have to figure out how do we mitigate that to the extent that that gets brought up and made into a concern and so we still have a lot to see of how this will play out, but we can almost guarantee it'll be used to, there, I mean, there will be a push for them to have to reduce greenhouse gas emissions somehow. And one thing that I probably is helpful for everybody to recognize is almost all forms of recreation include some sort of greenhouse gas emission to participate in it. And so I don't care if you're hiking or backpacking or biking or something that is considered a non-motorized form of recreation. You're not getting to that trailhead on your feet most of the time, especially if you're going somewhere that's kind of a destination and you don't live there. And they'll be looking at this holistically. They aren't going to just be targeting this to the, the, the groups that are participating exclusively in motorized recreation. It'll be looking at the overall recreation impact is what I think would happen based on how they're writing this. And it's hard to say where this will go, but we have big concerns about one, whether it's congressionally authorized. Two, I mean, they've one thing Biden did that was even bigger than Obama is they are looking at the cumulative effects of a rule moving forward into time. So you're having to almost predict the future and read a crystal ball, which gets really sloppy. Um, but they're going to try it. They're they're going to give it a good, honest effort. And the other thing that I have concerns about with this is like you mentioned with Tonto, we're in the middle of these NEPA processes, some of which have been going on for years and tens of years. Like they go on for a long, long time. And now you're airdropping in what could be a major significant influencing factor. And if they're going to do that on a 
plan that's been out there for a period of time and collected a lot of public feedback, they really should be giving the public additional rounds of public feedback to incorporate this in because it could have such sweeping effects. So that's something you'll see us start advocating for if this starts getting brought up more frequently. Uh, anyway, so Simone, we like that gives people, I think, a good enough background of what's going on. So why don't you tell people the details of if they want to add their voice to this influencing what the CEQ does with this guidance? I mean, you've prepared an action alert. What are the next steps for the listeners of this show, members of BRC and others? Yes, the comment period ends March 10th, just so everybody is aware. So that's the last day that you can comment. Um, And it's actually midnight Eastern Standard Time. So if you're on the West Coast, you've got to get it in um, a little bit before midnight. And so you can, we have an action alert. We have a website post up. You can read more about it. Um, But we need you to submit comments Like I said, every comment that I've read so far is supportive of this rule. And so we would like to show that there's not widespread support for the rule, that we we do have concerns and that they need to they need to reevaluate this and they need to take a hard look at it and how it's going to affect the recreation community specifically, um, because this tool, we could absolutely see it be weaponized against us. And so submit comments, share it with others, share it on social media uh, so that we can get those comments in by March 10th. And then we will go from there and follow, keep following along on this proposed rule and what's going to happen with it. All right. Well, sounds good. So go get your comments in. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Defend Your Ground podcast. And we will see you next week. If you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and do that so you don't miss any of I think this is pretty important information we're sharing with you, and we definitely need everybody engaging on these issues. So definitely subscribe so you stay in the loop, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.